Welcome to Let's Drink and Talk, a podcast where an atheist... Hi! He's obviously gay. And a Christian. That's me. Also obviously gay. ...have great conversations. Here, we believe thoughtful dialogue around a table and across belief lines can make a huge difference. We are not looking for agreement, but we merely offer our perspectives because we know that change happens through dialogue and over time. I'm Brad Allen, who's still a Christian, despite having been excommunicated more than once. And I'm Alex Comstock, an atheist who believes in science and reason, and that's pretty much it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be uh, thy name, thy kingdom come. What are you doing? I'm praying, Alex. Oh, good Lord. Just grab a drink and join us for Let's Drink and Talk. All right, so we are here, and we're going to talk about prayer. Um, a very sober topic after what we just discussed, as we're all drinking and laughing. Um, but we're back with Stephanie, my favorite scientist. Hi. Listen to the last one if you want an intro. <laughs> and Kristen Deal. Um, same. Everyone knows Kristen by now. If you don't know Kristen by now, you've not been paying attention and yeah. rethink your life. And if you don't meet, know me by now, just pay attention more. <laughs> pay attention to like the four episodes you've been on. Yeah. Plenty yeah. yeah. Um, but inter- interesting about prayer, because we discovered that two at the table don't pray and two of us do pray. Take a guess who. Pause. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> Alex is a prayer. Uh, I'm not a it, prayer. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak that into my life. <laughs> so Stephanie and I pray. Yes. And cr- even though like most of the table identifies as Christian, Stephanie, Kristen, me. Um, but you and I pray and Alex and Kristen don't pray. Right. Um, so what the hell is prayer? Like, what is it? As a prayer, you should start. Oh, man. I wish I had a good I- answer for this. And I hope that nobody's looking to me for guidance. By <laughs> means. Um, but a lot of it comes from habit. Um, I grew up Christian. I prayed every day. That was the thing you do. Um, but I, I, as I was kind of telling these folks earlier before we started recording, um, a, a lot of my internal dialogue has become prayer. Um, talking to something that I do believe is out there, but I'm a little unsure on how much that something cares about our day-to-day lives. But I still do talk to that thing that I perceive to be um, powerful and created the universe. Um, And I pray in hopes that that thing, whatever it is, he, she, it, there, um, does care about what's going on. And I also, I don't know, kind of like the company? Hmm. So. I would say something very similar. Yeah. I I can't get away from the reality that I think that God exists and God cares about me. So I keep talking to God. <laughs> and I'm not going to yeah. use a pronoun. I'm just going to keep saying God because God's self doesn't Same, need a pronoun. Right. But um, the reality is, is like I still find comfort in that. And whether it's a lie, this is the weird part. Okay, so I, I pray, I journal my prayers. So I write them out. And I... You know, I, I make up dialogue for me and God, and I have no desire to dis- determine whether it's creative writing or whether it's dialogue from a show or whether it's real and actually God speaking to me. I don't need to figure that out because for me, those are all kind of like ways of describing the same phenomenon and or whether it's me dialoguing with the better parts of myself or whatever. 
And so I, I just genuinely don't care to answer the question of whether it's actually an objective God that's out there listening to my prayers and responding or whether it's me dialoguing with my inner self. Because if I do believe in God, God is in me and therefore I'm dialoguing with God by dialoguing with myself. Yeah. Even if it's that, or if it's creative writing, then it's the creative juices going on in my brain, and that's beautiful. Or if it actually is an objective God, I'm fine with that too. Yeah. Well, that's the lovely thing about the placebo effect, which this is going to sound <laughs> condescending, but it's not meant to be. Because the You're thing about no, but the thing about the placebo effect is it works even if you know. You're taking a placebo. Although it works better if you don't know you're playing. Sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> sure, that's but, true. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what both of you guys said resonates with me a lot from when I was still Christian as it, that was kind of an awkward time as it was starting to unravel for me because I prayed very regularly. It was very much a habit twice a day type thing. And it was kind of conversational and just like going through thoughts about the day and whatever. So it was, uh, it was very therapeutic. There was nothing, you know, wrong with it. I think it was good for me personally. And I transitioned into journaling, um, is how I just carried on that sort of mental detox. Um, I mean, I would say it's not necessarily good if you actually think you're interacting with a being that's not there. But <laughs> in terms of a general practice of just like interrogating your own mind and just like exploring your own thoughts like that, that, that that's a good thing. So I don't know. But yeah, I journal now and I also meditate, which is kind of the opposite of prayer, even though they I think are associated a lot by. Yeah, people. I've recently started meditating and that is. It's essentially just being aware of my breath is yeah. what I what it is for me. And so it's not prayerful. And I'm not because in my mind with Christian meditation, it was always like, think about this verse until it means something. To right, you. right. Versus this is like just being aware of the present moment. And yeah. that's beautiful, but it's not prayer for yeah. me. I see those two as distinct. Right. Well, and it's about in meditation, you're watching, you're paying attention to your breath and noticing when your attention strays, which takes about two seconds for any, any, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, my, journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, anyone who's trying meditation for the first time will quickly realize in about two to five seconds that they're an insane person and their <laughs> mind just goes all over the fucking place, whether they want it to or not. And, uh, it's fascinating because Prayer is often like an intentional use of thought, whereas meditation is just an observation of what your mind does. And uh, you see all the ways in which you're crazy and like the things you obsess over, the things that keep coming to mind. And it's really fascinating. And um, yeah, I can't. It, it's awesome. Meditation is horrifying. You <laughs> see what your brain is made of, and yep. it's horrifying at times. Yeah. I read this book, uh, and by read, I meant. I mean, I listened to the audiobook, uh, but Jen Sincero wrote uh, You Are a Badass. I don't know if I have any, I no. love it already. I'm All right, I great. <laughs> but I, I mostly, I don't know, I'm going through a self-help book phase and over half of them are shit, but <laughs> some of them are good. And, and this particular book said something that really has resonated with me, that we spend so much time chasing squirrels in our brains over and over and over again, we chase the same thoughts. We are stuck in a loop that sometimes for me, prayer can help stop that squirrel chase. Right. So Kristen, Dr. Deal, you've been quite quiet. <coughs> no, I just enjoy listening. <laughs> everybody says something. I'm in a weird space. I don't pray. Um, 
And, but you do identify as Christian. I do identify and as Christian spiritual. And, and spiritual and practicing. Um, and actually, I, I existed on almost an opposite space than Stephanie. I do believe in God and that God cares about me and that God cares about God's people. And because of that, I can't pray. Interesting. Say more. So yeah. <laughs> Say more so, words. Yeah, weird. <laughs> uh, so I grew up where prayer was often uh, more of a performative, right? So I grew up in a non-event, uh, non-denominational evangelical, almost leaning toward fundamental space where prayer was this like big performative thing. Um, there's actually a really great YouTube video of a guy parroting what um, uh, evangelical uh, church services are like, and it's it's amazing because it's on point because he's like and then i draw the people in by saying this and then oh, i I've like seen that. it's it's awesome but it'll help he's me. speaking from the front and from saying the front like, and now i lower my voice so you lean in so you lean in and then and i and then i make a big point and i raise my hands <laughs> is that the same actually, one where he raises his hand so you could see the tattoo on his yes. arm yes. so oh, that you can okay. see that i'm not fully taken in by the church and i'm a little different i have heard this one it's amazing but but i think uh Seeing that in my 20s, it was really important for me to be like, oh, oh, this is all performance. Um, so I grew up in that space. I thought that. By the way, there's a TED talk that does the same thing, it's and it's brilliant. Ooh. It's brilliant. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. 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 That's- um, I was uh, affirmed. So I, w- I went to a Christian college, uh, and I was a resident advisor one year, and I was affirmed in our like affirmation circle, which is a very like Christian-y thing. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. By one of my former RAs for the way I pray, and that he found it very um, influential and very important in his life. And I have since never been able to pray. Yeah. Yeah, I was grimacing a little at that. That's kind of creepy. And the funny thing is, is the more I've entertained the life of the mind, which I think you know Alex would speak to a little bit, the less I can pray because I talk, I intellectually talk myself out of prayer mm. because my intellect for me, and this would depart from Alex, is not sacred enough. Yeah. So I can say like. Well, I could ask God for these things, or I could talk about these things, or I could do these things. But are they theological? Do they attend to the things that God cares about? Do they matter Mm -hmm. in the large run of world peace or whatnot? And so I don't pray. We are quite opposite in that is that, you know, my upbringing has taught me to not pray about selfish things and to pray about more worldly, you know, does this bring about world Mm -hmm. peace? Is this you know, greater than me doing good on my chemistry test and all that. And that's one of the things I had to kind of shake off from Western Christianity, be like, these are the issues that are important to me. So this is what I want to talk to whoever is out there Mm -hmm. about. Um, And it's still something, I'm 31 and I still kind of struggle with that because I do believe something's out there. And there is a chance that that thing cares about me. So I do want to pray about my day-to-day yeah, Life. I and I actually just uh, recently had a email conversation with um, a good friend where we kind of go back and forth, and um, I related. We are we are more talking about God and spirituality in general, but I think prayer exists on this level for me. Um, and I'm going to go back to my brain because it's the most comfortable place in my world. Yeah. Um, I I used a tenet of critical race theory. There there is this understanding of restrictive or expansive. Um, 
kind of race engagement. And expansive is really concerned about the outcomes. It's more of an equity argument. And restrictive is more about kind of the present day. So someone who is in who uses restrictive race arguments would say like, well, but I wasn't, my family didn't own slaves. So like, you can't hold that against me. Like, right. we're going to talk about the present and we're going to engage in the present. Whereas an expansive would say like, we need to redress past <laughs> arguments in present and future actions. It's an outcomes-based argument. And we were talking about spirituality and I've thought a little bit about this in terms of prayer that I actually think that they have to both simultaneously exist. I, I believe that God cares about me in a present day form, which would be in CRT, kind of a restrictive form, past sins or past engagements aside. And I have to believe that God cares beyond me, vast beyond me in the like large ocean of humanity. And I, I straddle those two spaces but I haven't been able to figure out how to exist back in the personal space enough to engage with God as a human, as a like as a singular person. Um, and then I, I taught public speaking for a while at a college, and I had at a Christian college, actually at my alma mater, so at a Christian college, and I had I um, played my students a prayer from one of the national prayer breakfasts. And I had them tell me what the prayer was about. Like, what did the person ask for? What did the person petition? What did they care about? What were they seeking God's redress on? And they came up with all this stuff. And then I handed them a transcribed verbatim copy of the prayer. And it was 70% ums and ands and <laughs> likes and thens and nothing sacred. Right. And the only time that God was addressed was the use of God or Christ or Jesus as a punctuation. So we use them as, com as yeah. commas. Or so like they had this list of things they thought they heard, but none of them were actually there. Hmm. Right. They were able to read their own meaning into what that, right. that was. Yeah. And so what actually is prayer if we are only reading ourselves into someone else's words rather than stopping to participate in the commune of the divine? As a as a form in that case, and as as a form of public speaking, and so that right. was that was the actual like nail in the coffin for me about prayer. See, I was always such a weirdly philosophical child. I was such a bizarre child. <laughs> I remember being like six and thinking, if I asked Jesus for a puppy, which I would never do because I'm allergic. But the point is, <laughs> is if I asked Jesus for something. And I don't get that thing. That's an answer to a prayer. Like that's a no, you know, like no or not yet. Like, and, and so for me, it totally made sense to be totally literal with God and say, give me this thing. And then not getting it was a clear no. Like that's not a, not an answer. It's a clear answer and it's just not the answer I wanted. Um, and so I remember thinking that on one hand and then on the other hand, thinking that public prayer was the stupidest thing I could imagine. Oh, yeah. Like I could not imagine what the what the point of public prayer was, because if prayer was me talking to God, my friend, then why would I ever do that in front of other people? Like, that's not the point. I don't have, con well, <laughs> he said, as he makes a, con a, a podcast with conversations so others can listen. <laughs> uh, but the reality is, is why would I have a conversation with God while others are listening? That's not the point of prayer. Mm -hmm. And so for me, those two hangups have never been there. And I also am like, God cares whether you get a, parking space in the sense that God cares whether how you respond to whether you get it or not. 
not that whether you get it, you know, like God yeah, is not, yeah. God doesn't exist because you got a good parking space. Like God exists because God is helping you figure out how to negotiate when disappointment happens. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts of it? with God? <laughs> right. <laughs> the teleconference. So Alex, as the outsider here, yeah. you've never found yourself in that position. And wait, in what position? Being the outsider. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you All atheist asshole. You have no morality, right? Well, that's interesting what you were what you were just talking about because uh in terms of like parking spaces and shit. Because I find where as when I'm normally am like really stressed about something or I want something or I want something to go a certain way or whatever the case may be. Situations where in a past life I would have turned to prayer, I now find myself deconstructing my wants. Like, why why am I experiencing this stress? So whether it's like, okay, I'm moving and I don't have an apartment yet and I really want to be in this area and I want to get this price and blah, blah, blah. Whereas I might have normally in Christian times been like, oh, God, give me an apartment, whatever. Now I'm like reflecting on the part of the world I live in, the, uh, the class that I exist in globally, like the, the, the amount of privilege I have in my species over the span of time. And like, just, uh, I'm worried about things like the, the washing machine, not just having one, but the type of washing machine. (laughs) And so being uh, reflecting on all this shit and all the things that I have just by living now here and now I, I experience all this relief and I can calm down and um, it's, it's completely different because instead of asking for something, I'm just like going in and looking at why am I even worried about this? Let's, let's take this apart. Let's deconstruct my identity and my, on all this shit. And so I, I think there are so many tools out there uh, that aren't really explored that could replace prayer. Um, like, meditation and journaling are just a couple, but there's also that type of thing. And, um, so your unprayer basically reflects what prayer provides. Uh, I think, it, I think it one ups it. I, I honestly, <laughs> I think it, it does do, one better. Like dick. there's <laughs> the thing is like humans love being delivered. Just the directions. Here's how to live. Here's what to do. Follow these steps. It's how we're wired. So it makes sense. But uh, if we could just be a little more courageous and maybe a little more playful with it. Like if you, like, I don't know, maybe a crowdsource, Hey, prayer, what's a good replacement? This isn't working. Obviously <laughs> like people are still dying left and right. So, um, <laughs> what, what can we do to get consolation in those times of need? I think there's lots of tools out there that, uh, aren't delivered to us through the culture. They aren't packaged as like, here are the steps you can take, do X, Y, and Z. But there are so many things that you could do uh, that could really help. Or even just like watch the right movie or the right show or something to put your life in perspective. Listen to some music, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Music, seriously. And, And it's something that I experienced also. Actually, this was when my Christianity was on an upswing and I was really becoming more spiritual and more, I felt like more connected with God. And, um, I started to have more transcendent experiences and it coincided with moving to Colorado, which our sunsets are fucking unbelievable, by the way, grew up in California, never saw skies like I saw in Colorado. And I would go on these walks in this area that I lived back in the day and, um, just like lose myself and it was wordless and uh, just an experience. And I was like, this feels more like prayer than any prayer I've ever done. 
So, um, and again, that's, that's carried over into my atheist life with just meditation, just transcendent experiences and, and whatnot. But, uh, I just think there's, there's so many ways you can approach the problems or the, the things within the human condition that prayer has traditionally been offered up as the solution to that go unexplored. Um, and that's a shame. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, if I'm wrong about anything I'm about to say, full disclosure, you can direct all complaints to Brad Allen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but one of my very good friends, when she was seeking uh, yoga teacher certification, had me come with her to many classes. And here's point number one I may be wrong on. Um, but one of the classes we went to was a Kirtan yoga where it was instructive chanting. Ooh, wow. um, and so I sat with her and learned how to chant and uh, cultivate whatever those chants did. Um, and a lot of it was difficult for me to handle. Um, but what they, you know, to, to come back to my point about chasing squirrels around your brain, so often we get stuck on a thought. We like a broken record, just like we're. We can't get past this thing. Um, but one of the chances really stuck with me. And it's one of those like, like almost like the old saying, the idle mind is the devil's playground. playground. <laughs> um, so it's, it's one of those like to give my brain something to do, I'll start repeating this chant to myself. Mm. And that stops the squirrel chase. So I don't know if that's actually like interacting with the divine by any means it was taught to me as a way to interact with the divine right. but it's one of those like if i start getting too far down this rabbit hole that i can't quite escape i'll start redirecting my mind in the we're going to repeat this over and over and over again and it gets me out of that cycle um so i just wanted to throw that out there too that prayer can also be the thing that gets you out of that squirrel chase to you know redirect you and focus you for me it be, it becomes a, a chant from this yeah. curtain yoga thing which I is went interesting because i think pretty much every spiritual tradition has had beads where you say the same thing over and over with each bead that you pass and i i often use a mala which mm -hmm. is a buddhist version of a rosary essentially mm -hmm. and i love it because there's 108 beads and if i can get through the entire thing generally my thoughts have stilled and they're, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not chasing squirrels in my brain. Yeah. Mm. Um, but there's another thought that I thought, so Alex, you reflected kind of the idea of what I heard, whether you meant it or not, yeah. because we instill <laughs> meaning in words, right? <laughs> um, but what I heard was that you kind of disengage with your logical brain and get into your creative brain. And I don't remember if that's left or right. Someone help me out here. That left right thing's pretty bullshit. Okay, fine. Well, <laughs> ambidextrous yes, brain. <laughs> for, and so for me, I, I love that because for me, prayer is disengagement with my logical requiring to make sense of something and in, an engagement with the part of me that doesn't need to make sense of it and kind of jumping. So it's kind of the, the image of jumping into a stream versus filing papers. Mm. And so when I can release this filing papers and trying to figure out where everything belongs and what the right answer is, I yeah. can disengage with that and engage with this kind of free flowing thought thing, which is why I, again, I'm not interested in answering the question. Is it creative writing? Is 
Is it right. engagement with the divine or engagement with my better self? For me, it doesn't matter because it's disengagement with categorization and engagement with flowing yeah. reality. Yeah. And that's what I find prayer to be so relieving because I can, if I can do it, and it, it happens maybe once every four months, right? Yeah. And I try pretty regularly. Um, but when I get into that, I suddenly find myself less anxious. I find mm-hmm. myself with answers that I didn't understand prior because I'm not trying to form you, like trying to figure everything out. I'm yeah. just letting it come to me. And I find that these weird answers come to me, whether it's God speaking to me, I don't care or no. Yeah. I think it's God speaking to me yeah. if I had to answer. Yeah. But in reality, it might just be something I've learned 10 years ago right. that hasn't right. surfaced because I've been so insistent right. on categorization that I couldn't get right. to it. Yeah. Sure. Well, our, our brains are always trying to tell us, find ways to tell us things that we can't just consciously acknowledge because our normal state of being uh, involves so much repression of just the shit that's going on in our minds. So, which is why sometimes dreams just torment us or right. we'll come up with something just really profound or just that gets to the core of what we need right now or what's bothering us right now. And I think uh, prayer can be kind of an intentional way of when you're engaged in this activity, especially privately, it allows you to break down just your own, all that shit. And even if you're just imagining you're interacting with some other being, like that can be the catalyst for allowing your brain to show you all the things that you've been pushing back and and hiding from yourself throughout all, all your normal waking life. I hope this isn't too tangential here, but um, the dream thing, it's been explained to me, like, you know when you have a song stuck in your head mm. um, and you just keep just playing that, that over and over again? Yeah. It is it is something that your, your brain is actually seeking closure on something. And mm. if you can actually listen to that song in its entirety, it will cure you of having a song stuck in your head. Dreams have been explained to me in the same way that you're seeking closure about something. Your brain is working on. So you're, you're chasing that squirrel again. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. are, you know, you were seeking closure on that mm. thing. Um, so to find peace, it's almost that you have to complete that story. And yeah. to, you know, I don't know. Hmm. I. It's funny. I um. Listening to everybody, I really don't know where I'm going to go with this. Um, <laughs> Good. That means you're out of your Good. right brain into the left brain. As Alex or said, whichever that's all side just of the brain is <laughs> nonsense. Okay, um, so I don't I don't pray in a spontaneous fashion or even in a program scheduled fashion. Um, I write prayers on a very limited basis, like <laughs> year maybe once a year, maybe once every couple of years, and normally it's something that prompts me. Um, so I was asked to to give the benediction at my brother's college graduation so I wrote a prayer it gives me time to think it gives me time to process it gives me time to be theologically sound which is important to me not in that it's an attendance to some ridiculous doctrine but it's a sacred space in which I engage with a divine being in terms of uh, how I understand myself in relation to the divine Um, but I think in terms of like dreams and Um, those kind of mental lapses that we get into. Um, One of the things that I've, I've thought a lot about, and this is kind of if prayer exists for me, and that's a big if um, where I tend to fall is the, the ways in which we get stuck in metaphor in terms of prayer and metaphor could be as, as much as like, 
I'm just asking God for things in my life, which is not necessarily in the literary sense, but that we think about God or Christ or some divine being in a metaphoric sense because the divine is beyond our comprehension to understand. Um, I think it was Gerard Manley Hopkins, and I could be super wrong in this, wrote a, uh, a poem about um, the, the Hound of Heaven. I could be wrong here if I'm remembering. But it's the way of exploring God as a dog, as a hound, which could be seen as sacrilegious, but was purposeful as a way of thinking about God in a different way than the kind of high-level sacredness that monks or nuns or whatnot would think about. And it allowed for an expansion of the way that he thought about who God was and what God could be in life. And so, go ahead. No, (laughs) No, that's one of the things I've gotten from Brad's group, honestly, was um, being stuck in thinking of God as a male father figure. Um, The very first couple times I attended Brad's group, um, I was challenged to think of, Brad's group would be the big let's Sorry. drink and talk group <laughs> that this podcast came from, which still happens on opposite weeks. Uh, <laughs> I felt it necessary to correct that. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. <laughs> um, was we will it, continue to call it Brad's group. That's fine. I Brad's just group. Have a reference. <laughs> just, yes. um, to think of God as female and as a fierce mother figure instead of the father figure that I had been trained to mm-hmm. pray to. And that that has had a lasting impact on my spirituality, such as it is and how in flux it is still. Mm-hmm. But that's, but thinking of it as a dog, like, I mean, could you expand on that? Like what? You'd have to, it's, it's called the hound of heaven. It's okay. a, actually, a fair, but it's like, it's, it's the perception of the divine as someone who pursues Mm-hmm. In like, like a hound, like a hound, gets the oh. scent like a of blood you hound and chases pursued. you down. Into it's you. it's actually a f- it's a phenomenal read. Just okay. as it's a good. way, of, it's as it. a thought project. But I think what it does for me in terms of kind of con- kind of wrapping back to meditation is that in almost a Jewish rehabenical sense, it allows me to play with the understanding of the divine. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, prayer, I get caught up in theological nuance. And so I, I end up being like, well, I'm stuck with this, but God doesn't care about that. Or I'm going to ask for this, but does that matter in attendance to X, Y, Z? So playing with metaphor allows me the space to say whether God or not cares, because I do believe in God and I, I do believe in the Christian tenets of Christ. That doesn't matter as much as I get when I play in that rehabenical sense and the, the, this, the, tradition of the rabbis, I right. play with the the fringes of what God could be. It allows me to transcend my socialized understanding of God toward maybe greater understanding of God. Right. So if I move away from stuffing, like you said, if I move away from God as man or God as male or God as father toward God as female and then toward God as beyond gender, then what does that allow me? If I move away from God as human to God as hound, to God as blanket, to God as ocean. What does that allow me in terms of thinking about myself and my communities in engagement with something divine? And that might may or may not be prayer. I don't really wrap anything around that, but it's helped me move away from, in my head, prayer tied to very strict 
engagements with God, which is not necessarily what I grew up in, towards some kind of freedom of prayer. There's a, a book called The Shack that was controversial when it came out because it portrays God the Father as a black woman mm-hmm. and then God the Spirit as an Asian woman and then God the Son as a man. And it was really fascinating because it was essentially what you're saying. It was this playful idea of God and what would it look like if God were a... like black woman who was made pies for you, you know, like what would that, what would that feel like? What would it be like if, if God were that? And I love that kind of playfulness with God and with the concept of God, because I think it allows for a different understanding of, of, of aspects of God's nature that you couldn't understand otherwise. And I do see that as prayer and I see it as a kind of a rabbinical, as you said, like a rabbinical exercise in the possibilities that could be attached to God. I remember distinctly watching um, a goose who had a, a baby and I was like struck and had this prayerful moment because I was like that protectionism over the child over the, the baby goose, whatever you call those things. Gossip. <laughs> yeah. Whatever um, you call that trash. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's worth noting that I fucking hate geese because I live next to City oh, they're Park. they're the worst. They're awful. I, I literally try to kick them in the head every time I bike by them because they hiss at me and they're awful. So there's got to be a better metaphor I know. for what you're about to say. Yeah, You is. should write the prayer about the goose of heaven. The goose of heaven that I want to kick in the head and yet teaches me something. But I saw this, I saw this protectiveness that happens in nature mm-hmm. as, as a mother to a, a offspring. And I was struck by that, and I suddenly felt this weird love from the universe or from God or whatever, because I was like, if anyone in the world feels about me the way that mother goose feels about that gosling, like, that's a beautiful, incredible thing. That's incredible. And I, and I suddenly, like, universalized that and felt loved and warm, and I was like, God is a mom goose, you know? <laughs> and this was back in my hyper-evangelical phase, and I was like, this is great. It was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I had something similar, you know, not with like the, you know, mother goose, but like a mother bear, like you just, you same know, like the concept, same right. kind of thing, you know, like it's, it, so I totally understand. Um, and, and some pastor once upon a time tried to say that like, you know, a chicken guarding her chicks mm-hmm. running away from a predator, her last act is to sacrifice herself to protect her chicks and stuff. And, and that never really stuck with me. Mm. But there you go. But you have that, you, you do have that metaphor. Oh, as it turns out, it still did stick with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Well, and you do have that metaphor of Jesus looking yeah. over Jerusalem and saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you. I'm mentioning Bible verses. Oh, oh yeah. Oh you know what's God. funny? Not even Fun <laughs> fact about that particular. But like a mother hen yeah. wants to gather her chicks. So, and like there's this imagery of mother hen. Anyway, go ahead. As a kid, um, I grew up in a weird situation. Um, I had nine siblings. We lived on a lot of property, had a lot of weird animals. Anyway, and they died all the time. But we had a chicken that was particularly close, like a pet, and it died. So for its funeral, I was looking for Bible verses related to chickens, and that was the only one I found. So that's what I said at that chicken's funeral. And it's worth noting, this is the first podcast ever on the history of 29 of these that that I have brought up... Scripture before Alex. Oh, the, the Christian beat the atheist to the punch. Uh, atheist is the only one. So we've been talking in a lot of metaphor and right brain. Yes, I said it. Imagery here, Alex. I'm curious of your thoughts of this. Of what now? Like all the bullshit that we've been saying. As far as like 
uh, jumping into a river and <laughs> Jesus no, actually, is a mother oh, goose. No, <laughs> there have been a lot I'm of animals. A lot of actually, animals. <laughs> I, I hugely support it. Um, obviously, uh, it's not my ideal to work within <laughs> religious <laughs> confines, but I've been there. Like I've done that. And I, I think regardless of who you are, what part of the world you're in, what time you're in, the the way that you understand the world um, is what it is. The tools that you have, uh, when it comes to those, like being being able to be playful, like I love the theme of that coming up again and again, and being able to just experiment and let's think about it this way and let's what what if we envision it in this manner? Like that is actually I think essential to science, especially when you get to the weird fringe shit about our world that we just don't have the mental capacity to understand. Like when you're talking quantum physics or black holes or all this string theory, uh, these, and these, crazy these phenomena in our world that right. math captures. But when you're trying to communicate that to other people, like it's all about metaphor and how can you be playful with it? How, how can we make this click? And uh, then that's when it really does go over to the creative brain um, to spin it in a different way or explain it in a different way. And uh, I a hundred percent, whatever the context is, support that and engaging in metaphor and being playful, like is regardless of how right you are, I think a super healthy activity for your brain and just for yourself. So props do it. Be playful. <laughs> That's the end. Yeah. Of so as we wrap it up, I'm curious everyone's thought on what is prayer. Just answer the question really quickly from what your thoughts are. <laughs> Can you pin it down? It's so many things to so many people. I'm surprised you didn't just say a lie. <laughs> 90% of the time bullshit. <laughs> to say that. But you're giving, us, time you're giving us 10%. 10%, yeah, yeah. My 1% is my mother goose God. <laughs> Kristen, thoughts on what is prayer? Just answering the question. Um, I, I, so I'll expand. I, I don't like of direct questions. Um, <laughs> uh, I think prayer or meditation or self-reflexivity or uh, wherever that exists in your spiritual or non-spiritual life is an attempt to locate yourself within a greater context of the world. And it's meaning making. It's about trying to make sense of who we are and how we function and who we're meant to be. Um, and that has a variety of names depending on our context. Um, but I think it's important, even though I don't pray. And uh, I think it's healthy in some sense of reminding ourselves that we're not the center of the universe. Right. Unless prayer is playful thought, then you do pray. Yes. In, in terms of playful thought or playful, playful. not prayerful. <laughs> playful thought. Stephanie? Um, I think that at... Because my my sense of the divine and my sense of what is actually out there is in flux. Um, I think that at best it's message in a bottle to the divine. At at minimum, it's not hurting anyone. Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, do it. And uh, my answer would be it's engagement with something bigger than yourself. 
And so whether that takes the form of a God or science, it's good for one to feel small. And if you don't ever feel small, you're doing life wrong, in my opinion. So that's our time. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud and leave us a review. It actually does help us a lot. Go to drinkandtalkpodcast.com or email any questions or comments to letsdrinkandtalk at gmail.com. This episode was produced and edited by Brad Allen. Katie Owens and Philippe Trindaji are our marketing gurus, and our theme song was written and performed by our good friends Jonathan and Sam with The Query. Check them out at thequery.bandcamp.com. A special thank you to our guests, Stephanie Gilman and Kristen Deal, and to you for listening. Join us again next week, and remember to keep talking, keep drinking, and for the love of Christ, keep it thoughtful. Sunshine yellow, our minds will be spring green, and our wisdom royal purple. Our eyes will be bright blue, and our hearts will be red to shine the love between me and you. This is the moment a few weeks, two weeks ago, where we decided to talk about swearing because we just went off and we're swearing right and left. And we're like, <laughs> and now we're going to talk about prayer. No. Thank you, Jesus. Let's talk about prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> so when you told me I should start recording, I did. Nice, great. Perfect. Deterred. I will not be deterred. <laughs> Melissa McCartney is my idol. Oh my goodness. You know, like, what's funny is I grew up watching her on Gilmore Girls where she was so wholesome. So wholesome. So wholesome. And I love her bridesmaids. I was like, and ridiculous better. What? (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm like, this is so much better. And then when they did the Gilmore Girls reboot for a number of reasons, I didn't like it. I didn't see it. I I had to. Because no reboot has ever worked in the history no. of reboots. But certainly, <laughs> but when she it. came back as Suki, I'm all like, how much longer until she makes a crash? <laughs> until she comes out on, as spicy. Yeah. <laughs> I still sometimes will go up to Kyle and be like, you like the heat from my undercarriage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, One of my you know, I'm lines. having the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines in any movie ever. Keep from yeah, the like, Do you feel that? Do you feel that? <laughs> to her actual husband, yeah. which is my favorite which part is the of the best that. part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're not a marshal. No. <laughs> uh, now I want to watch Bridesmaids. Oh, it's been a long time. That's a good movie. It's been movie. too long. That I'm going to have to watch it. Movie. We'll do it for date night on Saturday. <laughs> 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 Y'all bitches ready to talk about prayer? prayer. Yeah, let's go. As ready as I'm gonna be. <laughs> Just Thank pop you, up in the rest of these altars. So today we're talking about prayer. <laughs>